0: that's A W I E D E R M A N at E I D E B A I L L Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at six five seven two seven nine three two four three. Without further delay, here's your host, dental CPA Art Wiederman.
1: And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. I'm your host, Art Wiederman. Welcome to my podcast. We're in our fifth year doing the art of dental finance and management with Art Wiederman, CPA. And I am a proud uh, dental division director at the CPA firm of Ide Bailey. Uh, I'm located in Southern California. Our office is in the city of Tustin. And I've been a dental CPA for 30, September will be 39 years. Uh, and in fact, it's it's interesting. I will be um by the time this podcast airs, uh, I will have just celebrated the fortieth anniversary of the day I met my wife. I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. it's it's just crazy how time flies and and goes by, But it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey, and a wonderful journey with you, my audience. I can't tell you how much I appreciate um all the emails we get and the calls we get and all that stuff. And today, I've got a great interview for you. And we haven't done a show on dental marketing and growing your patient base in a while. And I've wanted to do this, and the opportunity came up. And my guest today is going to be John Riley, who's one of the best dental marketing experts in the country. Uh, He's the executive vice president of Amplify 360. And we're going to do a very interesting conversation about dental marketing. Now, all of you know how passionate I am about changing your relationship with insurance companies and how the average reimbursement uh is uh you know 58 to 62% of your UCR. So I I encourage doctors to look at changing their relationship. So we're going to talk about that. And as you know doctors, if you have some of you listening have hopefully many of you have changed your relationship, as much as I would love to tell you that oh you're going to keep 100% of your patients if you go out of network with an insurance plan uh I I got news for you. You're not. I wish you did, but you're not. You're going to, if you do it right, we hopefully retain 75 to 85%. But we're going to talk about that with John because he's got a lot of experience with, with working with clients with that. And then with the patients you lose, then we would like to replace them with patients that are not on insurance. And we're gonna talk about all the different things in dental marketing and what the most current trends are. So John is my guy today and he's gonna help us through that in a minute. But uh, before we get to John, I got a couple of things to share with you. As always, I wanna thank my incredible marketing partner, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, Lorraine Kent and her team are second to none. Their magazine is the number one clinical magazine in the country. Uh, the top who's who in clinical writers and authors. Uh, They also have 140 continuing education classes uh, at a very reasonable price. Uh, They're coming out with a brand new um, platform for front offices, uh, videos. I mean, they they are the premier magazine website. Go to www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, we're going to put this podcast up on the internet at the end of April. Um, so we're recording here in the middle of April, well, beginning of April, I guess. And, uh, so a couple of things I want to share with you. Number one, uh, through the California Dental Association, we are doing, uh, two, uh, programs in Northern California, which is, we call them now our, our now and next programs. They will be Saturday, June 10th. And Thursday, June 22nd, and what we're doing, doctors, is I will be there live, uh, and I'm going to give you the locations and uh, the times in a minute, but I will be there with our friends from Bank of America, and I'll be there with the folks from TDIC, Katie Fernelli from the CDA, and what we're doing is we're we're gearing these live lectures to dentists who are in their first five years of career, or maybe haven't even finished dental school, So, you know, do I buy a practice? Do I start a practice? Uh, Do I go in partnership? Do I go to work for a DSO? What do I do? And we're going to have all the answers for you. So write these dates down. Saturday, June 10th, we just got this information. We're 95% sure that this is going to be at the Almanac Brewing Company, Almanac Brew Company in Alameda, which is in Northern California. And that will be Saturday, June 10th. We'll do that from 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Uh, So we did one of these events at a brew company in downtown San Diego, and uh, uh, they have beer there. So if you like beer and wine, uh, please do show up, and it's going to be a great event. Uh, Then we're going to do the same event in Sacramento, and that will be held at a venue called Aurora, which is in downtown Sacramento, Thursday, June 22nd, from 5.30 to 10 p.m., and that walking, uh, that that venue is right next to the CDA building. Uh, so I'm actually going to go up a little early and see a bunch of my friends at the CDA uh, before we do that program. So if you want to sign up for those, uh, go to www.cda.org. Um, and I believe there is a place to click on to programs. Or if you are having trouble, uh, let me know. I am at um, 657-279-3243. As well as my email, a Weiderman W I E D E R M A N, at IdeBailey.com. And speaking of that, folks, we're just finished April 15th tax filing deadline. So um, if you are looking for a new CPA that knows everything and anything about the dental profession, please contact me. We got you covered and we do so many things at I'd Bailey. it's frightening. Um, so Anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Also, uh, if you're coming to the CDA convention, I am speaking three different times. Uh, I'm speaking from 9.30 to 11 on Friday morning. I'm speaking from 11 to 11.30 on Saturday morning. And I'm speaking from 1.30 to 3.30 on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, They will all be on the uh, subjects of transitions, younger dentists, older dentists, things like that. We are at booth 1472. Please come by and say hello. Uh, you know, tell me you've listened to the podcast. We're going to have but the most important thing that you need to know about coming to our booth is we're going to have Hershey's chocolates. And the dentists love the Hershey's chocolates. And people say to me, I say, I'm bringing Hershey's chocolates to the CDA. And they they say, wait a minute, the, these are dentists. They shouldn't be eating chocolate. No, they love chocolate. So don't worry about it.
0: Be sure to check out our new I. Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform.
1: Well, anyway, with that said, I'd like to get to my guest today. Uh, John Riley is the executive vice president of Amplify Three Hundred and Sixty. Uh, John has been uh, in this company, his company, for uh, just over 20 years, and I'm going to let John tell you a little bit about himself. And um, so, anyway, um, we're going to talk about, like I said, you know, a little bit about maybe changing your relationship with insurance, and then all the things you want to know uh, uh, know about marketing. So, John
2: Riley, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Well, thank you so much art. I appreciate that uh um, intro and uh yes i'm excited to be here and and uh a little bit about myself is that uh like you said is that i've been uh with it started out with tyson steel uh, I was uh, employee number one back in uh early two thousand and two in August of two thousand and two and been been uh, in the dental space since then um before that uh, I was in the automotive industry uh, helping to market uh uh flip down TVs and cars and we actually were uh the innovators here in Eugene so I had to have 30 years of uh 30 35 years of uh of marketing and and uh sales in in uh, different industries so I'm glad to be a part of this
1: well th- thanks for joining us today now I
2: understand John that you mentor young people tell us a little bit about that yes is it uh well is a big part of what my wife and I do um uh, is that we love to mentor uh, college students? Uh, why? Well, it keeps us young, right? Uh, we have uh, uh, two college age students uh, ourselves, as far as uh, um, my son, Braden, and, and my daughter, Michaela. But but we actually grew up uh, in the in um, uh, we actually met uh, doing uh, college ministry together, and uh, it was nice. uh, something that we ended up doing uh, kept kept on going, and and uh, so. We we mentor college students, and and um, one of which that uh, I know that you had mentioned uh, um, that you are a USC uh, a fan, um, and I'm an Oregon Duck. So oh oh, this could get <laughs> ugly today. This could get <laughs> ugly. Well, could get know, ugly. I, I'm a stats guy. I love numbers just like huh. you do, and uh-huh. you love numbers art. I so. do. I you're do. gonna love this number maybe not um but one of the uh um college students that we mentored uh he happened to be a, a running back for a university of oregon and uh, he has now gone on to uh, the nfl and he's been in there uh in the nfl for now 11 i think is his 12th year he he happens to have three uh wonderful uh, rings around his fingers uh, right. uh from the eagles to the patriots and then with tom brady uh um, down in Tampa and uh, oh, okay. Kenyon, Barner. And, Kenyon uh, Barner. Oh yeah. He's real good, but I won't, uh, um, I won't rub this in too much, but one of my favorite stats of Kenyon is he had 321 yards rushing against USC.
1: <laughs> All right. So that's the end of our podcast today. Thank you very much. And we'll see you later. So anyway, uh, no, just kidding. No, 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 we'll, we'll no, no. My, everybody my audience knows that, um, You know, I'm a graduate of Long Beach State University, and our football team is undefeated since 1993, since they disbanded the football program. Um, So I I, I had to pick a school and, um, you know, just uh, that's the school I, I, you know, so that means that all other schools will stop listening to this podcast. Oh, well, that's the way it goes. All right. Well, with that said, I'm a big, I mean, I could talk sports, you all know, for, for days and days. Let's get to our discussion, John. Let's start off, let's talk about these PPOs. They seem to be a really hot topic right now, uh, post-COVID. I mean, why, it seems like, you know, they're hot topic
2: more than ever before. Tell, t- talk a little bit about that. Mm, that's a great question, Art. Is that, I think that's the, 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 the million-dollar question right now, is that a lot of doctors don't understand why that is, and, and until they start to dive into it, um, I'll give you a quick example, is that the ADA... Uh, uh on March 9th literally uh 30 days ago and 45 days ago or 50 days ago since this podcast is gonna air is that uh March 9th of this year ada says one out of six um dentists are getting out of Ppos I, right now i heard that i i, I heard that uh, statistic um from yes I did hear that statistic that that's yeah it, true. it's it, you can look it up online and, and read all about it but but the reason why this is is the the phenomenon is the phenomenon is this? is you start to look at what happened post-COVID. So if you start to look into the schedules of a doctor, well, once everybody started to come back, it, the number one thing was uncertainty, right? People didn't know, is it safe to come back or not? We all know that dentistry is the safest uh, environment on the planet, and no matter what profession they're in, I don't care even what, what you know, physicians or doctors, is that dentistry is the safest. So but with that, there's a lot of uncertainty from patients. Uh, for whatever reason. And they they um, when they called to get in now, they're just calling to get in. And and the front office teams are putting them in any part of the schedule anywhere. And they're just jamming them into the schedule and restorative schedule and hygiene. They're getting those patients in as soon as possible. Well, what happens is, is that lack of strategy and that lack of control over the schedule of having the doctor really being in control and, and oftentimes the doctor doesn't even know this is going on um, is that by putting patients anywhere and anywhere and anywhere into the schedule what happens is, is that recall gets booked up now now they're getting booked up even further because there's two types of doctors post-covid one is the absent doctor the doctor that's not doing anything that doesn't believe that they can ever come back from covid Therefore, they they haven't ever marketed their practice. Patients, their their own patients, don't even know that if they're really wanting to practice because they're not confident in how they're communicating, either internally or from a marketing standpoint. Then the other type is more our type of uh, of doctor is the ones that are saying, "Listen, in the midst of adversity, there's an equal or greater opportunity, right?" And so, so now our doctors are saying, "Listen, let's take let's take a hold of this and let's really take." Um, you know the area by storm, so they've been marketing and out marketing. Even many of our doctors marketed all the way through COVID, even when they were closed. Why? Not that patients were calling at that time, but what happens is that 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 when they came back, guess whose phone was ringing off the hook for new patients? Well, this all of this says is that post COVID there is turmoil, even with some of our doctors that and uh, the doctors coming in. There was so much demand where they said, John, I don't have any room for marketing because I have so many um, patients. So my, my recall is booked out seven, eight, nine months. I don't have any room for anybody. Well, that's because of, unfortunately, because of lack of process and strategy uh, within the front office. Therefore, now the doctor is booked out so far that they don't have any room to really grow the practice because the future of their practice is built in hygiene, of course, And uh, go ahead. And Um, unfortunately,
1: unfortunately, since we're talking about PPOs, a lot of these patients, John, that they're booked out with, they're getting sixty cents on the dollar based on their UCR. So they're actually uh, one of one of my friends in the consulting business would tell me. we would tell patients that we would tell doctors if they're going to continue to work with these PPOs, they should just have a bunch of cash in their in the front, uh, you know, the front compartment of their debt of the front office person's desk and just hand the front hand the patients 100 bucks as they walk out. You know, don't take payment because it's costing them money to see these patients. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I'm going to share a story a little later about about uh, remember this name, doctor. I'll call him Dr. Tennessee so I can share you every bit about the practice, but that is, that is so true art about how they're giving, they're giving away the farm and they don't even know it um, because they don't know. know, I always say you need to know your metrics, know your metrics, and then you're going to be able to make excellent decisions because of your metrics. But going back to that is that doctors are so far booked out that, um, that they realize, oh, I need to, I need to release the pressure on my practice somehow, some way. Well, the best way to do that is release the pressure on the lowest um, uh, um, dollar amount per patient. So I don't want to make it so cold sounding, but when it comes down to it, if you have a if you have a patient that's that's investing two hundred and fifty dollars a year um, with you, and then you have your fee for service patients that are investing sixteen hundred and fifty dollars a year, well, you'd have to have seven or eight of those those um, in network uh, patients that uh, would produce one fee for service. You're hemorrhaging money and you don't even know it. So yep. so this time is the greatest opportunity that we've ever seen. And I, I've been doing it for 21 years and uh, I've never seen this opportunity before, um, which which makes it very exciting, not for us, but for our doctors, because it's all about bringing freedom to practice the way that they really want to practice, even though they don't know if they really can get there. And this
1: is, this is what we're talking about, doctors. You need to be working on your practice, not just in your practice. And part of it is a strategy for what are you going to do? So now, so John, we're talking about these PPOs and, and I mentioned earlier that, you know, 10 to 25%, you know, I, I know, yeah, that's about right. 10 to 25% of these patients will leave the practice. And, and there are a lot of doctors, unfortunately, who do not, who go out of network with PPOs without a coordinated plan. It takes a year folks To do this. You don't just send a letter to your patients, say, Oh, hi, patients, we're out of network with XYZ company. You'll lose 80% of them. You have to start educating them, you start talking to them long before. So, you know, 10 to 25%. I mean, that that's about
2: what you're hearing, right, John? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Is it and it really just depends? There's that 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 is a um a variable. You know, there's so many different variables in there that it depends on the practice, depends on. It, where the practice is located. It depends on how much goodwill does the doctor have. Did the doctor just take over the practice and then start dropping BPOs? Um, there's there's so much strategy that has to go on behind this, but there's also things is that, um, uh, is it where is the practice located uh, in the community? Is there a bunch of, uh, is there is there military? Is there a bunch of corporate uh, businesses that are supporting that practice? So there's a lot of different variables that go on here. And ultimately, it comes down to really the goodwill of the doctor. And uh, in the end, the most I've ever seen is about 45%. Um, and I'll tell you a story about 45 40%. Um, if, if I can share this, this is really good. Sure, this is a, please this is a, doc, do. a doctor out of Sumner, Washington. So I'm going to protect the, our doctors by these are real stories. These are not made up stories for this podcast or anything like that. These are real stories. Um, and, uh, and these doctors, if you ever want to do, you can let me know and I can put you in contact with them. They would love to talk with you because, uh, these are doctors that have, have gone through the pain of getting out of a network, but it's, it's not one of them has ever said, I wish I would go back. <laughs> right. Not one. And, nope, uh, so this, this, I agree. Story, I'm going to give you two quick stories. One is a doctor out of Sumner, Washington, where, um, She was so gripped with fear. Now, she is an amazing clinical doctor. She's focused on uh, clinical excellence. Uh, It's generally who our doctors are. The ones are really trying to provide the top level of clinical care in in their area, Um, really um, doing more dentistry per patient than just being a drill, fill and bill practice. That's not who we generally work with. Um, and uh, so this particular practice was a doctor um, out of Sumner, Washington, wanted to become 100% fee-for-service. We had talked about it for years. we have been working with her for about seven years. Our average doctor worked with us for about seven years. Our top doctors worked with us for about 11 years, 11.1 years to be exact. Um, and uh, so we have a long history with our doctors simply because uh, of what we do and how we, d- how we guide them through this process. But this particular doctor was was so fun because uh, I I walked her, her front office, everybody through the process from communication, when to send the letter, how to send the letter, what the letter should look like, um, and then on top of that, how they communicate with the patient. Well, this particular one, we had guided the front office. Uh, Her name is Annie. Annie uh, was guiding the patient. The patient was walking in the door. And she says uh, to the patient, we'll call the patient Sally. She said, Sally, I'm sure you've heard of how we've had to change the relationship with XYZ insurance company. And um, uh, because of what they did to the doctor. And and they go, What do you what do you mean? What do they what do they do to the doctor? And I won't give you her last name. But I said, What what did what do they do to the doctor? Is like, Oh, you didn't hear? Like, yeah, they they have limited the quality of care so much so that we had to change the relationship because, you know, our doctor is all about clinical excellence and she will never, she never wants to apologize for lack of result. Therefore, we had to change the relationship with insurance company because we care so much about you. As soon as, as soon as now the doctor is just finishing up in the back office. She walks up to the front and she loves this patient. She knows who this patient's coming in because of course they have a huddle every day, knows who it is. And, uh, and she heard her name and, uh, and so she comes up front, and the patient said to the doctor, said, said, doctor, I will never, ever leave you, no matter what XYZ insurance company does to you. Count me in. And our doctor just started bawling because she was so worried about dropping XYZ PPO insurance that you know life was going to be over. But here's the glory. Yes, she actually is one of our, our greatest losses as far as number of patients but here's the key don't don't hang your your hat on that on that stat the uh, she lost 40 percent of her ppo insurance patients but here's the key when we start to we'll talk in a little bit about how to uh, analyze the value of your actual patients knowing your metrics this particular um with xyz insurance company the difference and what i what I say is, what is the mob boss willing to pay the dentist, the mob boss being whatever p p o insurance if they're happy about paying you x fee, let's say eight hundred dollars per patient per year, and they're happy about that, well, your fee schedule, doctor, shouldn't be anything close to that because again, they're the mob, they're gonna you know Vegas wasn't built on winners. Uh, and nor nor is insurance, right? So therefore, you should really make sure that your fee schedule, you're always increasing your fee schedule every year, especially if you're marketing, uh, to increase that. Well, this doctor, we know, we've been working with her for seven years now at the time, and uh, we knew that she had been. So she had raised her fees so much that the difference between her fee schedule uh, or fee-for-service schedule and XYZ insurance company was literally $1,000 or I think it was like maybe eleven hundred dollars per patient per year difference. You now we analyze this. We know all this in advance um, through our practice analysis. Um, but that difference, because she had forty percent on PPO insurance company, the ones that stayed actually increased her revenue so much that her in the same year she dropped X Y Z insurance company and lost forty percent of the patients. Sixty percent of the patients stayed. Um, actually increased her net collections over 27% of her entire practice. So she is so thrilled about dropping that, even though it brought a ton of anxiety through that process. She's like, I have the practice of my dreams now, John. Every single patient comes in. I'm fee for service, 100%. She's actually dropped the number of days. She's only working 140, like one days a year. Most doctors work 184 to 192. Um, our average doctor, we know that we can get every single doctor to 2 million in collections based on 150 days. She's, she's one of them. Uh, she's actually doing on 140 days. Um, and so that's, that's story. Number one, story number two is a doctor out of Tennessee. This doctor calls us up, uh, and his wealth manager had referred him to us and he calls us up and he goes, he goes, John, I, um, and we'll call him again, Dr. Tennessee. Uh, the last one was Dr. Washington, but this mm-hmm. one was Dr. Tennessee uh Dr. Tennessee says, John, I um I'm I was supposed to call you, but I don't know why I'm supposed to call you. <laughs> and and that's it, always
1: a good phone call to get, right?
2: I, I know. And and he goes, he goes, uh I go, I go, what did what did your wealth manager say? And he goes, he goes, You just you need to call John and call Amplify 360 because the fact that you're not as profitable. I said, Oh, so profit. So let's talk about how many PPOs do you have? And he goes, I think that's my problem. And I said, What's that? And he goes, he goes, well, I, I go, what's your collections? And he, uh, Or what's your production? Uh, I generally don't like to talk about production because the production doesn't mean anything unless you're collecting it, right? But if your production and your collections have a big gap, then I know that you're you, you're missing a ton of revenue that you're giving away to the insurance companies. Well, this one here was probably the, I may never hear something this drastic. He's a doctor out of Tennessee doing $3.8 million in production single doctor practice
1: yeah so that's he must true. be doing must be doing you know quadrants and, and you know, impl- smile designs and that's all in fours right. and placing implants and yes yeah. uh, you, you guys
2: can see art's eyes when i said that his eyes yeah, blew 3. 8, 3. yeah. one eight doctor i, I yeah. that blew up out of his head is yeah. that uh, when i said that yeah that, true, that's big. 3.8 million and i said please tell me that you're not below two million in collections and he goes Actually, I am. I said, are below uh, three million in collections, and he goes, "Actually, I am." He goes, "I go. What are you collecting?" He goes, he goes, two point two million. So, if so you, you to gave
1: up one point six million in write offs from insurance companies,
2: exactly. So now, as you as you know, is I'm going to take out my calculator and do this with you. One point okay. six million. Divide that by twelve. A hundred and thirty three thousand dollars a month that he's writing off. Now, this is key, doctor, for marketing for those crappy PPO patients that are robbing you blind.
1: Yeah, this, it's, a, it's a marketing expense. That's, you you should mar- put that down on your P&L as
2: a marketing expense. I absolutely
1: 100% agree with you, John. So yeah, absolutely, no, doctor- these are great, great stories and and, and true stories. And, and folks, think about it this way. It's a very simple math problem since John and I are required by law to do math on this podcast. Basically, if you lose 40% of your patients and you go out of network with XYZ insurance company. Um you're going to um, you know, <laughs> you're gonna make the same money and work 40% less with the 60% of the patients that you retain who you're charging full fee per service. So all right, well let's let's move on in this conversation because I want to get into the Great. marketing stuff, which is something I love. I'm a I, I should have got I should have got my degree in marketing instead of accounting, actually. <laughs> but um so I I mean is it possible to drop in your experience PPOs without declines in revenue?
2: Yeah, is it you know just like a story I shared just now. But then, but here's the thing: we haven't had one doctor if they follow our plan because there's a, the, you can absolutely do it without a plan and see see declines because it's not strategic and not not done in um, in a in a, um, in a process standpoint, meaning. What are the best uh, PPOS to drop and when? And so, so there's you can absolutely do it, and it can be done every single time if it's done with strategy. And basically, how how we work is this: is that the the reason why um, um, it, it can be done without dropping in revenue is that you need to do it by hand and do it manually and figure out uh, how to how to make it happen. But I'm going to tell you, it's a losing proposition because most doctors and, you know, whether it's, it's you doc that I'm speaking to, or, um, or your friends, generally speaking, you have a sampling of one, two, three, four, five practices max that you've ever worked with. Well, we, uh, with art and myself, we have, we personally have over 10,000, uh, um, uh, practices that we've worked with in the, in the 28 years that we've, we've worked with, uh, we have, we purchased multiple companies over the years and, And uh, we've worked with over 10,000. So we have samplings of of, uh, a a ton of doctors that we have experience with that we've walked through this process. And it's all calculated. So like Art was talking about earlier, is is it has to be done in a a way to where you want to reduce the the lowest um, uh, payers first. And then over time, you're going to release the the, uh, highest payers, um, which are still not your fee for service. And doctor, I'm going to tell you this. If your fee for service schedule matches your um, PPO schedule, shame on you. Why do I say that? And then a lot of doctors will say, "Well, why do I? Why why would my best paying clients pay the most?" Because ultimately, you should get to fee for service someday, and you should ultimately get paid for what you deserve um, because of your clinical skill. And this is a quick question I always ask our doctors: say, "Listen, if 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 you're writing off thirty percent." Uh, of your of your patients or your fee schedule, here's a better way to explain it. If your fee schedule is at the 70th percentile or 75th percentile, is there literally 25% of the doctors in your area that are better clinically than you? Every doctor I've ever asked that, they've they always said, no, there's not. It's like, well, well, then why aren't you getting paid for what you're worth?
1: And okay? why are you apologizing for your fees? That, that yes. drives
2: me absolutely great. I
1: learned that early in the in the CPA world, in any professional service, if you're providing the ultimate professional service, whether it be dentistry, dental marketing, CPA, whatever it is, you know, you need to charge a fee that is appropriate for that and never apologize. You know, right. Um, well, that seems, you know, I, I get this from consultants, John. just so like, well, you know, that's going to be, uh, you know, 10000 Well, that seems high. Yeah, it does seem high, but for the level and quality of service that you're getting in this dental practice, Mrs. Smith, I can tell you that not only is it a fair fee, but it's going to change your life. These are the types of verbal skills that you need to be using.
2: So one more thing on on that real quick is that, that, you know, the other thing that uh, we do is that, you know, how do you know? Well, one thing that we've created uh, since post-COVID because of this, this, this balloon of of doctors getting out of uh, interns, we've actually created a, a proprietary software that actually our doctors can uh, tap into. And because you're listening to uh, Art's Podcasts, is that I would offer to this, to any uh, any doctor that wants this series. Now we actually have three softwares we can work with, Dentrix, EagleSoft and Open Dental right now, we're, we're looking at others. But if you have one of those three softwares, I would be willing to do this uh, as a complimentary um, analysis on your, if you're one of these doctors that want to get out get out of PPOs and want to do it right, is that this analysis, this, this uh, practice assessment tool and analysis is so advanced that we can tell exactly what each, what each, it's so like, if you were to go into your dentrix right now, there's no report that you can run to tell you how much are you producing per PPO. Um, and then there's a, there's a thousand deltas in there. There's a thousand, um, uh, uh, met lifes and so on. You start to dive into that. You're not going to be able to figure out how to what which one should I drop first and when. That's where we come in and be able to share with that software to be able to say, okay, here's exactly what your capacity of your practice is with how many ops you have, how many team members you have, uh, what your current uh, mix of implants to uh, crown and bridge and so on. And we put all that together along with your PPOs to say, okay, here's what your practice could be at. If you lost 30%, or 20%, or 27% of your patients, we zero it out to say, listen, you can afford to lose and make this exact same amount of money um, if you were to drop Delta, or drop Cigna, or MetLife, or whatever, and do it in this order. And here's exactly the dates of when you're going to send out the letters. Here's how you're going to communicate with your patients. We give you all of those step by step processes. And what what Art was saying before is that you have two parts. You have, sure we can drop the PPOs, but now we need to replace those those patients that you might have open schedule to be able to say, okay, now what do we do to be able to um, uh, to fill those gaps?
1: Right, well, I was I want I was going to get to this in the after I asked you the next question, but since you brought up your your generous offer, John. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about kind of what you do. And if someone is interested in talking to you, uh, I mean, you'll obviously have a conversation with them, uh, complimentary to just kind of assess what they got going on. Um, how do we get a, you know, tell us a little bit about what um, Amplify 360 does. And, and again, we're going to get into this as far as talking about a comprehensive marketing plan. But if they want to get a hold of you,
2: how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, e- easy, easy enough is it? Uh, easy thing to remember is amplify360.com uh, is it uh, if you go to amplify360.com and you're going to see that there's a, uh, a get started uh, button they can get started there i'm also going to give you on this podcast uh, the ability to where they can you, if you wanted to you can shoot me a text i'm very very personable um, i want to i want to help it's just like why we, we we mentor college students Despite her. your school affiliation, you're very, well, actually, very personal.
1: <laughs> we won't hold that against you. We,
2: you know, we're, not, we're not competitive at all, are we? No, you know, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, but uh, uh, we uh, love helping doctors, love taking them to the next level, and and we call it breaking through that ceiling of complexity. So I'm going to give you my cell number. My cell number is 541 206 3732. And because I'm either potentially traveling, meeting with doctors at events, uh, speaking engagements, um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is shoot me a text and just say, hey, I was I heard the Art Wiederman, um podcast, and um, I, I don't like USC, but I really like Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, this I, is
1: why, John, I have no friends, because yeah. I do stupid stuff like that, but no. <laughs>
2: That's all good. Um, but you can shoot me a text and say, hey, I'd love to set up a call to talk about uh, – what you guys do and how you guys can help me to, to potentially get out of uh, um, PPOs. But but very much like how you guys all treat in a plan is that you're not here to, 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 to wrestle someone to the ground to get them to start your plan. If you show them your plan and show the value of what you guys do, the patient will start the plan or not. If they don't value what you guys do, they, they won't start the plan. Same with us is that we don't get paid until you're ready to start. Same thing on how you get paid from a treatment plan standpoint. If they find value, they'll start. If you find value, you'll start with us. I don't want a dime until you, until, until it makes sense that you're a good fit for us and we're a good fit for you. Just like you might be looking for that right source, that right marketing source, um, we uh, are doing the same thing with our doctors. We will turn away doctors if they're not ready, if they're not ready to lead from the front, if they're not ready to. Uh, they like change, but aren't willing to change. We again can't really help. Because we're not going to, we're not, there's no magic bullet or magic pill that from a marketing standpoint, it's going to be because you nailed it earlier, Art, is that, that, that culture development on communication. If you really want to become a fee-for-service practice or really want to become a world-class implant practice or what have you, we have to change the culture enough that, that makes it a world-class communication, a world-class practice that, that when they walk in, they leave with that wow feeling. There's it's a, it's a whole process. It's no longer a, a PPO mentality or what I'll say, um, uh, you know, we compare PPOs versus your, your clinical excellence. PPOs is kind of like a dollar store. You're this Nordstrom level practice, but you have a dollar store kind of a marketing strategy. Let's change that to where now we can get that Nordstrom uh, level strategy by texting me and uh, or going to our website and saying, clicking on getting started either way does not matter to me. We can then start that process and, and figuring out to see if we're a good match for you and you're a good match for us.
1: That, that sounds great. I want to get into now the gist of what I really want to, I mean, this is important conversation. Let's talk about the components of a comprehensive marketing plan to replace these patients that if you do choose to go out of network with these insurance companies uh, that you're going to lose. So, why don't you just start talking about? You know, you, you. I come to you, Dr. Wiederman, I say, hey, John, I'd like to Amplify 360 to do a comprehensive marketing plan.
2: What are the steps? Yeah, perfect. Um, great question. Before I get there, real quick, is that I'm going to ask you one quick question. Because you're a CPA, is it do you have um doctors that have on those on the PL, Do you have that uh, doctors that use multiple um marketing firms all at the same time? Um, yeah, I do. They have, I, I see them,
1: they might work with one main firm, but they'll pay a bunch of other people to have maybe one person doing their SEO and one person right. doing their social media and one. So yes, I do
2: see that a lot. Right. Well, the reason why I asked that, or the reason why I asked that to start is that when you talk about a comprehensive marketing plan, is it, the doctor deserves what we'll call marketing attribution or a market uh, an attribution engine and what that what that basically summarizes when it comes to marketing is this is that if a if a patient comes into a dental practice and says hey doctor i'm going to use you for my cleanings i'm going to use another doctor for implants i'm going to use another doctor for my inlays and onlays do you think that that patient if they went to four or five practices do you think that that patient is going to is going to ever get to that full, true oral health? No. no they don't ever yeah. get there. Why? Because they have four or five doctors have all of opinions of what is it going to take that doctor or that patient to get healthy. And one doctor may just be an Invisalign doctor. Another doctor may be an implant doctor. That's all they really want to sell. So they sold them implants and they're good. But they're really not getting them to, to excellent oral health. That's what marketing attribution is. Is or it's lacking in most practices. When when a practice, when you talk about a comprehensive plan, a comprehensive plan is is that you, all of your pieces, whether it's Google SEO, whether it's uh, local search, so the map section, whether it's uh, social media, um, having great testimonials on on um, on social media for big case, and we'll talk about that. Or if it's streaming ads, uh, or if it's direct mail, whatever it is. Marketing attribution needs to speak to one another in such a way that it benefits the doctor. So if you have four or five services, I can guarantee you right now, uh four or five different marketing firms, you're using some big, some small, like like what Art was saying. The problem is, is the only person that's losing is you. Now, there's other marketing firms out there, but I'll tell you there's I've been doing it long enough that we're 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 solely focused on developing fee-for-service, profitable practices. Increasing the revenue per day, increasing the value per patient, and then ultimately reducing the number of days a doctor works if they want to, and increasing the uh, the amount of um, what they're doing per per day to where th- they get to see they get to see uh, this this beautiful part of thing unfolding right in front of them to say, listen, I can work fewer days and do a lot more collections and a lot more production. Absolutely. That's what we want to do. So, so marketing attribution is the only tool that, that when, if they don't have it, everything is not working together congruently because you're not under one roof. That's what we do. So when you talk about a comprehensive plan, that's where everything starts to speak to one another. So if you're on Google, if you're going to social media and you guys have seen this already, is that you start to, you go on Google and then you go on your uh, Instagram or whatever, and you start to get those same ads of what you were just looking at. Right. Everything needs to speak to one another um, because then it's going to maximize the doctor's dollar. That's what it all comes down to. Maximizing the dollar, now we can start to see trends of what people are looking for, what people are really wanting in your practice. Um, are they are people in your area searching for, um, I'll say this, Ford F-150 pickups or Mercedes? If all they're wanting to buy is Ford F-150 pickups, we need to figure out how to how to uh, um, sell your practice in a way that sells more Ford F-150 pickups but selling them at a Mercedes quality, right? That That's the key. So as your area looking for a certain style of product or service, we need to figure out what that looks like. So that's marketing attribution is such a key component that's never talked about because if a doctor has a website with somebody else and SEO and and Google with somebody else, I can tell you that you're losing a lot of revenue, doctor, because they're not speaking to one another. They don't. There's not one one umbrella that's controlling that that entire message, and uh, and maximizing your dollar. Does that help,
1: Art? No that that that's exactly what I wanted to know. Now let I want to get into the weeds about some of these specific yeah. marketing yeah. tactics. Let's start with SEO. Everybody hears about. I need to have. Uh, SEO, and even <laughs> remember, I, I tell my audience that I had to, I have uh, adult children, so they can, for the sole reason of helping me with technology and all this stuff. So I know that SEO means search engine optimization. Is that correct? That is correct. Hey, you gotta, got you gotta like that. What talk about SEO? What do we do on that? I mean, are we talking about um, uh, you know Google Ads? Are we talking about yeah? I mean, what 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 are we talking about here in
2: SEO? Absolutely. So, so, yes, SEO is real. SEO is a massive part of a, of a doctor's foundation. Why? Because if it's done right, uh, so I'll, I'll say two parts. There's SEO, search engine optimization, and there's also local search. Both of those are what we'll call organic um, uh, marketing to where it's done in the design and in the back end of your uh, campaigns to where if it's done right, now that becomes the foundation of your marketing. All that does also, too, is it relieves the stress of what you have to put on PPC. So on pay-per-click advertising, let's say on Google, you can have just a Google campaign. Just That's all you have. You're not really focusing on, on, paper, on, on, excuse me, on um, SEO or local search or what have you. You can have just uh, a campaign focused on pay-per-click, but here's the problem. If you do... Your pay-per-click ads are going to need to be a lot more revenue. Why? You need to lean on those ads to get the benefit of what you're missing out of SEO and of local search. And a big part of our company is focusing on that. And so, actually, we 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 actually for our doctors, we can tell exactly how many patients are coming in from local, how many are coming in from organic, how many are coming in from from PPC, and then we we call ourselves tactic agnostic. We don't care in the end, like a good wealth manager would say, I don't care what funds you're actually investing in as long as your revenue and your ROI is getting the right rate of return and it's safe enough and and secure enough um, that you're generating the right outcome in in the future. You're you're
1: a sports guy, I can tell. So I'm sure you've heard of Jim Rome, the sportscaster. Uh, He always says scoreboard. That's what we're talking about here. Is what does the scoreboard say? How many new patients are we getting, and are they the right types of patients? I want to talk about websites for a second. So, when I talk to a, a client, uh, especially a new one, one of the first things I'm going to do—and I'm not a marketing expert like you are—I will literally go onto the internet. I'll go onto Google and I'll say, "Let's put in um, John Riley DDS, uh, John Riley DDS, Eugene, Oregon." All right, mm-hmm. and. Nine times out of 10, um, they're not on the first page. And I forget about the the paid advertising, because that's obviously at the right. top because it's paid. But they're on the first page. They're on the second page. Sometimes we'll find them on the fifth or sixth page. So, I mean, realistically, John, in this life, if you're not one of the first two or three on the first page, you might as well not be on the Internet. So talk about, you know, <laughs> right. website and and how we get to it. How does that work?
2: Hey, everybody. Uh, art is coming to work for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, That's I mean, I, 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 I know Don't enough about enough
1: stuff to be very dangerous. And I've been, you know, I, I've been to enough, you know, marketing talks and talked to enough people that I understand
2: how this works. So talk yes. about that. No, absolutely. Is it uh, you're absolutely right, Art? It's not just because you said it, and I'm not giving you lip service here. Is it it's true? Is it the front page, the first page. I mean, think about it. Is it how many how many times when you're searching on Google? We're such a microwave society that we want it now. Um, uh, we how many times have you gone to the second or third or fourth page? I can't remember when Never. I've I've done that. And the only time I would say I've done that is if I'm trying to look for a very very specific like jacket that that is now out of stock somewhere, and I'm 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 searching until. I can't, you know, until it's like okay, no one has any stock of it. But but on an average basis, when I'm looking for a restaurant or looking for a dentist or looking for this or that or the other, is it generally it's it's only the first page, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find it on the first page, and then usually in the top three or four. So if if your website right now it doesn't have uh, proper organic uh, rankings, so SEO uh, that you're, you're on page two or page three, oftentimes it might be the design of the website entirely. Well, oftentimes doctors will say, well, I like the look of my site. And I go, well, how many new patients uh, do you get a month? They go, about four or five. And I said, well, actually, you should hate your website. And they go, why do you mean that? Like, Well, I don't care how how pretty something looks, but if it's not generating you revenue to where you're not generating new patients from your website, your website is the engine for everything. Thirty years ago, we used to remember the phone number, right? The phone number was what everybody memorized. Uh, I remember as a kid, I used to have thirty, forty different phone numbers as a kid. I'm fifty-four years old, and I, I'm dating myself here, but but the um, but I used to remember the, the the phone numbers. Nowadays, people don't phone numbers are not what people memorize; they memorize website addresses, right? So that's the foundation of what you need to build doctor on and really focus on. So if you're if your uh, website is not driving in the number of new patients and your and the number of new patients and the website go hand in hand. They how it's working and how good it is is reflective of the number of new patients that you have or don't have.
1: Isn't it also important John for a website to be congruent not only
2: on a computer, but with your handheld device? Is oh, that, that's even impre- more Talk so. about that a little bit. Yeah, even more so in the handheld device. This is a great question. Uh, 75%, actually even 80% of the of the searches right now uh, for dentists are being done with a handheld, with, with an iPhone or an Android. And uh, so sites have to be designed from a mobile standpoint. Um, I can't even remember, I think it was like 2013 when we made the major switch uh, to that. It's been growing and growing ever since. Absolutely key uh, for the other thing that's missing on on most sites today um, is this: is that this is this is the hidden morsel that if you heard this. Now our doctors know this because they go, John, you've taught me this for years. Is that one of the easiest ways to sell dentistry? Easiest ways to sell dentistry is by getting your patients to brag about you, and what I mean by that is that. If you don't have any patient testimonial videos or patient testimonials all over your site, and it's you telling the story or your website telling the story, you're bragging about yourself versus your patients bragging about you. I'll give you a quick example. is Dr. Um, Clay Hansen? I can give you this because he's allowed me to share. He's done podcasts with me, and, and um, I can share this data. Um, he started with us. He, he followed us for 10 years, from 2005 to 2015. He says, I can't afford to work with you from 2005 to 2015. 2015 comes along. He his practice had not changed a bit. Basically, the exact same. He, he didn't even keep up with the level of an inflation in that 10 years. At that 10 year mark, he called this up and goes, "John, I can't afford not to work with you." Okay, transition. Now he's nearly doubled his collections. He's he is. Uh, this last year we attracted uh, 19 full arch cases. Uh, the year before was six. So. We're starting to see this growth this year. Is, he's on track for twenty-six. Um, so the whole piece to the puzzle is that his the reason why is because we've talked about on his website he needs to have excellent patient testimonials. Now there's more to this, but the the piece is is that if if a doctor has patient testimonial videos um, on their website that 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 they can uh, future patients can see that then the uh, patients are actually bragging about them. Quick, oh, go ahead.
1: You have? Do you like to see those testimonials? And
2: I've seen them.
1: I like. I like them. Like right as soon as you click, right at the top of the first page, there's a patient
2: testimony. Is that where you like to put them, or do you put oh, them somewhere absolutely. else? It, it, again, you're amazing. Is that we call that the fold of a website? Yeah. You want to see something right, right? Either at the fold or right below the fold of the website, so it, the doctor, the, the patient doesn't have to scroll very far to see that because it's what we call social proof. Social proof says other people have done it, so can I. Therefore, if, if we have a whole bunch of social proof showing that um, uh, on the website, going back to Clay, a patient in Coeur Idaho, Clay is in Moscow, Idaho. It's, it's a nowheresville. It's an, I, and, and Clay knows this. It's, it's it meaning no one knows where Moscow is. Everybody knows where Coeur is if you're in Idaho. Everybody knows where Coeur d'Alene is. It's where the richy rich live. Well, he wanted to start marketing in Coeur d'Alene. It's an hour and a half through the mountains and trees to get to get to, to Moscow. We started marketing there, and a patient printed out—who does this? Well, this patient did—printed out 11 websites. He circled all the patient testimonials of what he could see on those printouts, and not one but Clay. Clay had you know a plethora of testimonial videos out of the 11— The patient goes, listen, this hour and a half, no other doctor in Coeur d'Alene has patients that are bragging about him. I'm going to I'm going to go down to Clay that he goes. Now that patient has created a patient testimonial video now because he's a patient. of his, That hour and a half has changed my life. So we're not only able to attract from a local area, but also start attracting from Google standpoint or what we call OTT is over the top marketing streaming ads that are very tailored to fit a very spe- specific audience. for If you want to be known for implants, we can target for boomers and seniors only um, or start targeting for Invisalign or whatever with teens and adults. These types of things can be done through strategic marketing um, in that in that comprehensive plan.
1: Talk about, I want to hit, because we're, we're getting to the end of our time. I, time just flies so much when I have a great interview like this. Uh, let's talk
2: about direct mail. Do you use direct mail anymore? Mm-hmm. absolutely direct mail is is, is very unique is it we've been known to be the the number one USPS client in Oregon meaning we're from Oregon our, our, our where we mail everything from is from Oregon uh, USPS has told us that we beat out Nike HP and uh, the only the only time that we ever get beat out is um uh, voters pamphlets
1: <laughs> or, or if or if Oregon's gonna be in a national championship game in their marketing. no go
2: ahead
1: <laughs> just kidding go ahead. <laughs>
2: So, so uh, yes, it's, but it's not in every market. So, so very much like how a doctor has implants, inlays, onlays and bridges and so on, just because they offer everything doesn't mean the patient gets everything. Just because we offer target direct mail doesn't mean that a, that they need to do direct mail because some people like implants versus bridges, right? Um, so just because we offer direct mail, doesn't mean that, that the doctor gets it. If they're in a downtown, let's say downtown San Francisco, there is no way we would ever, I don't care if the doctor's willing to pay us thousands and thousands of dollars to do it. I don't, I wouldn't do it because why it's not going to work in certain areas because the market of where patients have to come from is not just in downtown. They're traveling in 20, 30, 40 minutes to get, um, uh, to get into work. Therefore, their homes are not – we can't market to businesses, so it's – it's it's a it's, um, we market to residents, of course. And those patients are coming in from too far. So direct mail is is another tactic. Uh, we'll determine whether a, a target direct mail tactic is what a doctor should use. But if a doctor says, hey, I, I only want to be digital, great, we're going to do digital. In certain situations, we're going to say, listen, you're missing out on this market because the, the difference between target direct mail and, and Google is this – Google, you have to be searching for a dentist. Direct mail, why Nordstrom, why Bed Bath & Beyond, why Mercedes, why um, every top company in the world, Neiman Marcus, everybody does it, uh, uses direct mail. Why do they do it? It's because they're persuading people to consider you when, when. And I don't know, did you already know that Google uses direct mail?
1: No, I didn't know that.
2: You type in Google uses direct mail and uh, Google Inc., uh, uh, uses direct mail, you're going to get 20 pages of reports on why Google uses it. Why does Google use it? Google uses direct mail, and this is not our own. This is we are attacking. I don't care what tactic we're doing for you, but a lot of people go direct mail is de- a dead horse. Ask Google, ask Nordstrom. Nordstrom stopped using direct mail, and uh, it tanked their business so much that they had to lay off a giant chunk of their their wow. their workforce. Okay, In- so interesting. The direct mail. Persuades people to consider you when they woke up that day and they weren't even considering a doctor, weren't even considering getting a new smile or getting implants or this or that or the other or a six or eight unit anterior you know veneer case. They weren't considering that until they showed up in the mailbox. to go, hmm, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna think about that.
1: But, but uh, doctors, and here's interesting. I want your comment on this because I've heard this a lot. I'll get a doctor who literally call me up and say, "I'm going to spend five thousand dollars. I'm going to send out one twenty thousand piece mailer, and that's going to bring me patients." And and I'm just going to do the one. And I go, "Yeah, no." I mean, marketing, John, we, it's, it's about brand recognition. I mean, uh, yeah, I'll take an example, you know, I mean, the, these jingles on TV, you know, you, you might have heard the one for, uh, 1-800 cars for kids. Yes. Yep. The jingle, right? Yep. I mean, that, that gets stuck in your head, you know, um, uh, Capital One, uh, who's, you know, who's in my wallet? I think that's what it is. Yep. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to create brand recognition. So when
2: you're doing direct mail, you're doing this over and over again, right? No. a thousand, yeah, I'm, yeah. Two things is a, when I met my wife, I didn't know her. I didn't, I didn't know her enough to be able to say on day one that we're getting married. Right. What, why? Well, we had to have so many impressions, right? We had to build trust over time. So after nine months of, of dating, I knew that she was the one and now we've been married 26 years. Uh, That's it's great. a, it's a great example of how any marketing you need that number of impressions, give you another quick story. Uh, um, dr. April Ziegley um, had had been using direct mail for years and years and years and she goes John I got to tell you the story of this patient that just came in I said I said oh yeah what, what happened and she says uh, she says um, this patient came in and says okay doctor I saved this is true this is, <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous I have a video that I can even share with any doctor who ever wants to see it from April that uh, uh, this patient comes in and goes I had I collected seven brochures and and put them underneath a magnet on my fridge. So first of all, who would do that? Well, this patient did. <laughs> Saved seven of them. This is this is all so crazy. Saved seven of them. And by the seventh one, so so after seven straight months, so month after month, every month, it took seven months. The patient goes, Dr. Zigley's not gonna stop marketing me, so I might as well call her. Okay? True story. <laughs> well they that's call the her way to do it. She does a seven or eight unit interior case on her. Her husband does a full arch. Her husband's uh, mother, uh, her husband's, um, yeah, her husband's mother does uh, um, a, uh, a six or seven unit in cure case. And her husband's mother's boyfriend does a seven or eight unit. She goes, John, I think I got, I think I got close to sixty thousand, I think 56000 dollars of revenue off of that one patient that saved seven brochures. And to your point, it doesn't happen on one. She would have lost that patient after seven, she got it. And this is, this could be with any marketing. It could be social media. It could be, could be, uh, um, Google. It could be, uh, OTT. It could be, you know, anything.
1: Yeah. Two more things we got to hit. And then, then, um, then we'll call it a podcast, social media, marketing, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. What, what, what do you
2: like to do with them? Yeah. Uh, I love it. Is it what, those are what I call the backup singers. Is it Google is going to be your lead singer? But the backup singers make a full sound, right? Make a rich sound, make it that much more enjoyable. Same thing goes in your marketing campaign structure. Is that having a comprehensive plan that what I'll say is turning over the rocks. Is that if a doctor gets a direct mail, good example, Dr. Studer is out of Washington. We had a direct mail piece. But if we just stopped there and didn't have all the other components, and I'll say social media in a second, we would have lost this doctor's opportunity. Why? because uh, this doctor got a direct mail piece, went online, started uh, searching for IV sedation dentistry or, or dental anxiety, and then started to look for cosmetic dentistry. Every rock that this doctor or this patient, protect perspective patient was looking for a $40,000 second opinion case, every rock turned over Scott Studeris. Doctor calls up and says, Doctor, um, I saw you on social media. I saw you on Google. I saw you everywhere I turn. And um, and I'm wasting my time looking for a second second opinion. So I'm going to come to you first. And if it it doesn't work out, then that's my problem to find somebody else. The patient came in and uh, the case is closed. The forty thousand dollar case started. And and because every rock to your point is that every rock that that patient started looking, whether social media, whether it was on Google, whether it was on you know, other social media platforms, Facebook or Instagram or, or TikTok or, or Pinterest even for big cases. There's a lot of different ways that you can market. The big thing on social media, I'd say this is, doctor, if you want to change the trajectory of your big cases, do it through um, big cases. Uh, as far as before and after photos, um, patient testimonial videos, have them post it on. This is a, this is a nugget that I'm going to give you for free, is that this have them so if you have a patient testimonial video and you capture it in the practice ask the patient to post that on their own social media and tag you and then you're going to do the same why you now have access to their 1000 followers um, yep. on their on their on, on their social media and that's instant we have a doctor in Boston that gets 5 to 10 patients every time they do that so so there's strategic things you can do to really position your practice but it has to be done from a comprehensive standpoint We'll do a full comprehensive analysis for each and every one of you that that are wanting to see if we're a good fit. And uh, ultimately, the worst that you'll learn is a ton of you. You'll be educated on marketing because right. even if you spend an hour, two hours with us, whatever we'll spend. Um, you know, initially it's going to be thirty minutes. But let's okay,
1: say- la- last thing I want to touch on, John, is yeah, key campaigns. You know, things like if you want to market specifically on fours or implants or full arch or sleep dentistry. So I, I think. I, I've told my audience knows that a dentist saved my life and got me on a CPAP machine 15 years ago. Uh, so I'm a big proponent of sleep dentistry in a dental office. Talk about specific key campaigns and how you do that, and then uh, then we'll uh, let you give out your information one more time.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So so we um really when it comes to big cases, it's going to be nearly 100% digital campaign. Um, marketing attribution and creating a marketing engine is absolutely key here. Uh, why? Because we track the transition of how what the patients are looking for how many times are they coming in looking for implants or sedation now those things are known to our doctors so our doctors are now educated to go they not only came in looking for IV sedation but they also came in looking for full arch dentistry or an all in 4 all in 6 or whatever now the doctors educated when they talk with that patient um, and so on so the marketing attribution focusing on uh, big case and then the the kind of magic tool here is what we call ott ott is a is a over-the-top streaming ads that when you have google your website social media all of that and you tie in ott with a big case campaign let's say you're focusing on you want to be the full arch doctor in your area or you want to be um uh, implant focused or whatever OTT is going to be the piece that drives to your website. They're not going to call from OTT, but uh, if they're watching a, a Hulu or or uh, Netflix or Prime, they're watching a TV. They're watching a TV show. They're not going to go off of that. They have to watch those uh, ads. Ninety four percent of the people um, that are sixty four percent of the of the people in most streaming uh, don't pay for removing the ads. But 94 to 97 percent of the people that are actually watching do not click out of those ads to finish their TV show. Therefore, you have a captive audience right then and there, unlike cable TV where they can fast forward. So there's a whole strategy that we do, depending on what the tactic or what, what service that you're wanting to provide, um, to be able to walk through that. And it's, it's all calculated.
1: John Riley, Executive Vice President of Amplify Three Hundred and Sixty, just absolutely fantastic information for our audience. Uh, real quick, again, how can uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you? And and you'd you'd said you'd made an offer of a complimentary uh, service you might offer them. So kind of walk through that and just let them know how we can
2: um, how they
1: can get a hold of you. Then please stay with with me uh, as I take the podcast out.
2: Yes, uh, thank you, Art. Yes, uh, two two simple things, two ways to get a hold of me. One is through. Uh, Amplify360.com you click get started and just fill out your information and we'll get we'll get in touch with you number two is if you want uh, a little more discussion before getting started no sweat we can you can text me at 541-206-3732 I'd be happy to talk with you in whatever length because again I'm all about education. Um, what we'll do at that point is that we will set you up with what we call a practice growth call. A practice growth call is we'll figure out what are your goals, aspirations, dreams, and hopes and desires. Where do you want to be in five to ten years? Some of you might say, oh, I don't have three years left in dentistry. Great, we want to know what those three years consist. Or if you're just getting started, say, hey, we want to look out ten years, and now we'll work backwards from there. We develop a, a what we we'll call a practice roadmap. We'll do all this complimentary for you. And if you have Dentrix, Eaglesoft, and Open Dental, one of those three, we'll actually do another level. Again, this is all complimentary. before you start, is that we can analyze your practice and say exactly how many, uh, what's your PPO mix look like? What's your payer mix look like? And we can figure out how to take you from just a new patient standpoint, getting through that payer mix level, and then ultimately getting into that case mix level. We'll do all that as far as a complementary, uh, comprehensive plan before you ever start.
1: John, thank you so much. And uh, really appreciate the great information. Folks, marketing, you know, I, I had a, a business mentor 25 years ago who who told me something that I still stick with today. The day you stop marketing your business is the day your business starts to die. So you never, ever want to stop marketing your business. So like I say, John, hang with me for a minute. Folks, again, I want to thank you for the honor and privilege of your time and listening to my podcast. We have thousands and thousands of listeners who download all of our podcasts? There's, it's a it's a four and a half year library of uh, the business of dentistry, financial and management, and marketing. And gosh, I think I've interviewed everybody on everything. I talk about stuff myself. Really proud of the work we do. Make sure you go on to the um, onto your podcast app and download. Take a look at all the subjects. It's, it's a library. It's literally a library. If you're looking for information on on virtually any topic regarding the business of dentistry or financial planning and dentistry, anything like that, it's there. Uh, make sure you go to our uh, partner Decisions in Dentistry's uh, magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com. 140 great continuing education courses at a very reasonable price, and they get a lot of new stuff coming out, which we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks and months. Make sure you come and see me at the California Dental Association convention, booth fourteen seventy two. That's May the eight, May the uh, I think it's May eighteenth to the twentieth um, in uh, in Anaheim at the Anaheim Convention Center. And make sure that you register for the live courses I'm doing through the California Dental Association. If you're in Northern California, uh, we're going to be in Alameda on June tenth. Uh, from 10 to 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday at a wonderful brewery. And on June 22nd, we're going to be in Sacramento downtown at a great uh, events venue. We're going to be talking to young dentists about where to take your career. And with that said, uh, this is Art Wiederman for the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idbailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call ART at 657-279-3243.